Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, we finally made it. We are in week one. How are you? I'm great. Uh, anticipating Thursday night and especially Sunday. How much fun is it going to be to watch all those games Sunday? You know, just a, a blur of activity and a barrage of action. Yeah, we... We don't even know what we're in for. We we of course experience it every year, but I think we right. forget we forget how great it really is, especially on Sunday. Uh, so many games, of course, no no teams with buys. Last year we had what the Buccaneers with a week one buy and whoever they were playing. That was it. Miami uh, also remember the hurricane? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. We actually got. I think there's some weather issues down south again. I don't. Don't think it's going to affect any games, but that's that's scary stuff this time of year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, every team in action, of course. Falcons and Eagles kicking it off on Thursday night, uh, and and you're probably listening to this on Thursday. So we are we're glad to be in Week One. And before we jump into the action of the NFL season, Matt, I want to take one last look at player value. And at DLF, we have been. Collecting ADP, of course, we do that every month. We just started for September, and we've already got a few rounds of data. So I thought today we would just go round by round, talk about some of the some of these top players, uh, and, and just what we expect from them both this year and and expect from their value over the next year. Yeah, and it seems like an ideal time to do that. I mean, we often have guests on, and they're phenomenal. But sometimes you just think you need to take a step back, like take inventory if you own if you own a a restaurant or a, you know, whatever it is you do for a living, take inventory, see where the the dynasty world is at, and, and kind of see what, what we're at on this whole thing. Exactly right. You you definitely need to have a good idea of where your team stands as the season gets underway, and there's always surprises. Sometimes we think we have a contender and uh, things go the other way. Sometimes we think we're, we're rebuilding and we, we get a few surprise wins. But you at least need to have a good idea of where your team stands right now as the season begins. And again, we're going to focus on the first few rounds of our DLF ADP data. And that will give us an idea, give everybody out there an idea of where their team stands. Hopefully you have a bunch of these players that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because my best, well, one of my two best leagues I'm pretty loaded in. And I'm playing, I just, he just sent me the, the lineup I'm facing this week. Breeze, Gurley, David Johnson, Kamara, Fitz, Josh Gordon, Hill, Rudolph, Jags D. He starts Kamara, David Johnson, and Gurley. You talk about building a dynasty. Ooh. Ooh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to be a tough one for right. you in, in week one. We'll, we'll see how you start with that. <laughs> Matt, let's start with round one, of course, and I'm just going to run through uh, the players that make up that round, the top 12 players here, and then we'll we'll go back and discuss a few of them. Sounds good. So here's the order for round one, and again, this is September data. It's, we're still collecting that, but uh, again, we do have some some early information for our listeners. Todd Gurley is the first player off the board, Odell Beckham Jr., second David Johnson is actually third this time. That's a little bit of a surprise and, and a change from what we've seen. DeAndre Hopkins fourth, Ezekiel Elliott fifth, Saquon Barkley is sixth. He had actually been inside the top five the past two months. Uh, next up, Le'Veon Bell, 
Antonio Brown, a pair of Steelers. Uh, they've, they've both been uh, mainstays in that top 12 for a long time. Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, back-to-back Saints, back-to-back Steelers, uh, finishes up with Keenan Allen and Dalvin Cook. So we've got uh, s- some great young talent there, Matt. Of those 12, and, and maybe it's Maybe we just take the easy way out. I don't know. But what is your favorite pick out of that group, or especially when you factor in the value? Let's not just take the top guy. But looking at that group of 12, your favorite value pick? Um, there's three that stand out. Johnson at three. Barkley at six. I do think he's a top five guy. And Kamara all the way down at seven, eight, nine. Uh, Kamara at nine to me. I'll gladly take him at nine. Yeah, Kamara was going to be my answer for sure. Okay. Um, I think you hear a lot of talk, especially as as redraft season really picked up, about the big four running backs this year. And obviously that includes Gurley, David Johnson, Zeke, and Bell. But in Dynasty, I think it's I really think it's a big six. I think Barkley and Kamara are in there. Uh, I would easily rather have those two than Bell. I think those two with... Uh, with Zeke as a conversation uh, based on his lack of usage in the past game. I think those two with David Johnson are a conversation. And I wouldn't even argue if you had Saquon Barkley as your running back one overall in dynasty. I I think that's, that's actually reasonable given everything we know at this point. And we've seen surprises and bust and a, a year from now that could look like a ridiculous statement. But as of right now, to me, he's in that top tier and it's not a group of four, it's it's a group of six, or even a group of five. Maybe maybe Le'Veon Bell doesn't belong. Let's talk about Bell for a minute. We always get a little Steelers talk because we know you're the expert there. You're around uh, the team and, and the media and those guys up there all the time. And We're recording this on Tuesday. As of now, there, there's certainly questions or, or doubts, concerns about whether Bell is even going to report. So what have you heard? Uh, lately on that situation. Yeah, I've been at the facility the last two days, and when I left the facility Friday, almost everyone assumed that he would be in Monday. Didn't show up Monday, Labor Day. And the assumption is that he will be there Wednesday. So maybe when people hear this, fine, he's ready to go, you know, no big deal. He reported Wednesday as expected. But what here's, what, here's what's interesting, though, is if he reports Wednesday... There's a rule that he needs a two-day acclimation period before he can do anything. So, yeah, he'd go through, like, the, the light Friday practice, and I'm sure he would play Sunday. But if he waits any longer, he's definitely not playing this week. There has been some talk that maybe he would wait quite a while. You know, I mean, I think that's possible. But what's also interesting is because James Connors played so well, and it's getting so late in the week... What the Steelers could do is Bell could report to the team Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever, and they could wait a week to activate him. Or they could wait as long as they want, you know, to activate him, which is kind of interesting. And what does that do for everybody? Well, $850,000 per week that Bell doesn't play goes back to the Steelers' cap that they could use for somebody else. And if they don't think he's ready to go... And it's a little bit of a slap in the face that, hey, you made us wait. We're going to hold out a 850 grand on you and play into week two. But interesting stuff. I mean, 
There also has been some discussion that there's a outside chance he could get the transition tag at the end of the year. He won't get franchised again. But I think there's a 90% chance he's not a stealer. And real outside chance is a team like the Raiders or whomever offers the Steelers something substantial now, first-round pick, something along that those lines, and maybe they just shake their hands on them. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, the assumption that that we've all been under for uh, at least a year now, and especially after kind of seeing how it all played out this offseason, was that this would be Bell's last year with the team. And as I don't want to say this is ugly because it's it's not really out there in the media. Both parties are kind of keeping it to themselves, which is probably for the best. But um, it, it has there has to be some kind of growing bad blood, uh, especially on the on the team's part. Um, it seems that way, but I also think that it's a pretty professional environment that everyone sees his point of view. I can promise you the Steeler fandom is not high on him at all right now. But Coach Tomlin had his press conference today, and he said, you know, I haven't talked to Lev this week. Well, it's only Tuesday, and it was Tuesday morning when he did it. (laughs) But I guess the two of them are texting back and forth constantly anyway. So, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Matt, the next thing I wanted to ask you about this group of 12, this, these top 12 players, uh, according to September Dynasty ADP from DLF, which player is most likely to fall from this group? For me, it is Le'Veon Bell. What about you? Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And I'm not suggesting he'll fall far, but if Zeke doesn't have you know, for, uh, the center this year or if Martin or Smith start to have injuries – I could see him being out of the top tier. You know, I could see this being a really long year for the Cowboys in general. Yeah, I mean, we we do know Zeke, though, of course, as long as he's healthy, is just going to see a, a massive workload. So I think that would probably be enough to uh, to keep him in that first round. He has... Uh, he, he has his age on his side. He, he's got, again, that workload. There's not really much of a threat not only in the backfield but really on that entire offense to take away touches from him uh to me though i can see him getting out of the the first overall conversation or the top couple conversation right that makes sense i think what will really be interesting is when we see um when we see one of these other guys so barkley or any of the uh the sophomores i guess kamara cook fournette mccaffrey hunt if we see any of those guys start to overtake Zeke, David Johnson, that's when things really get interesting. That's when you need to reevaluate that tier. Agreed. And I know we're going to get to it, but there's a couple of those young running backs that we haven't mentioned yet that I could start to get into that tier next year. So this top 12 has seven running backs, five wide receivers. We know that's a major change from past years, but that – that trend has been slowly building as we've seen guys like Gurley and Zeke come into the league and, and the shift has, has been taking place. And now all of a sudden with that massive influx last year of a half a dozen impact running backs, now it's kind of in our face a little bit. Do you think this trend continues that, that running back is really the way to go in the early rounds? Or can you see that shifting back to the wide receiver's favor? 
No, I think in the short term it's going to be remain running back heavy because there are some early second rounders and Cook is barely going in the first round that I think will establish themselves as first round dynasty guys. It wouldn't blow me away if Thomas or Allen started to go like 15th overall as opposed to 11th overall. And I don't I have a pretty darn short list of Who's the receivers in the league right now that are ready to propel themselves into the no-brainer first-round category? I mean, maybe Corey Davis or Amari Cooper, but you got to squint pretty hard for that. Yeah, that's a good point. I mentioned on Twitter the other day, you know, you know, and anybody that has listened to this show knows that I've always built my teams around wide receiver, not only in the first round, but in the first several several rounds. But looking at who's available in rounds two, round three, round four, and beyond as far as the wide receivers, you almost have to go running back in the first round, and then you can hammer those wide receivers. It it really just makes sense at this point. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. Um, while we have you guys' attention, I want to tell you about a sponsor that's been with us now for a little while, a Squad QL. And if you want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league, which why else do you listen to us? I mean, you obviously do. Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and your free agent pool. So you're asking, like, well, how do you know, how does SquadQL know all these things? Well, the app directs, it connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues. So it pulls your actual roster, your league scoring system, all the free agents, all the teams, and Squad SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations. Plus, the app gives you player rankings each week, and it's all based on your league settings. So SquadQL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL, all your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is also brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. So you can also download RotoQL for free at both Apple and Android. Let's look at round two next, Matt. Uh, That kicks off with a few of those running backs we've already talked about. Three sophomore running backs at the top of the second round. Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Kareem Hunt to start things off. Then we see a major run on wide receivers. And, and a lot of these are players that, uh, that have gone in the first round in, in past months or even, the, even past years. Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Melvin Gordon sneaks in there at running back 11 in the middle of the round. And then more wide receivers, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Green, Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs, and the round wraps up with Devontae Freeman. That actually... Uh, that actually gives us 12 wide receivers and 12 running bra- running backs excuse me, through those first two rounds, so, so pretty even. Looking at those 12 players in the second round, which one's your least favorite pick of the round? Three really stick out to me here is Adams at, as a sixth receiver off the board. Great situation, but I don't think he's an elite talent. I don't think he's a Cooper, Evans, Julio talent. And when in doubt, I try to bet on talent more than situation because situation changes. Um, Freeman at the end of the round, I could see this being his last real highly productive season. Runs really hard. Has had certainly some wear and tear 
Uh, smaller guy. I could just see the cliff coming sooner than later for him. But Tyreek Hill is the, num- is the number nine receiver to me really stands out. I mean, I think he's great. If I was defensive coordinator, I would hate him playing against him. But he's kind of big play dependent. And I just don't know that that pie is big enough to serve everyone now in Kansas City. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I I am a big Tyreek Hill fan, a big believer in Adams as well. So I, I don't really have any issue with those two in the middle part of that second round. But I agree with your third choice, Freeman. Uh, and being the last play in the round, it feels kind of like a, a little bit of, of a cop-out right. or, or cheating. But he is my least favorite uh, pick of this group. And just seeing him there and then looking at some of the names in the third round who I, I – Maybe I like, but I don't necessarily love them. It makes me think that there's a tear break somewhere after the 23rd player, which in this case is Stefan Diggs. Yeah, that might be right. I mean, and Diggs is a guy, like, I would, to me, Diggs should be much higher on this list. I would like, I prefer him to Hill. I prefer him to Cooper. Um, and there's a big gap for me between Diggs at 23 and Freeman at 24. We see Mike Evans in there. He's wide receiver seven. He's actually after Devontae Adams right now, uh, right in front of Julio Jones. Where are you with Evans? I know you've been a fan in the past. He's been a guy who uh, was was in the first round for really much of the past three years or so. And it, just this offseason, we've seen him start to drop off uh, value-wise and now he's in that second round range. Is he a guy you're you're buying and you expect to bounce back, or uh, is is this kind of where he should be valued? Yeah, I think that's where he should be. And a couple factors there is I think he's somewhat inconsistent as a football player. He has a real trump card in his size and his long speed, but he is a little bit inconsistent and isn't a super polished wide receiver. But I seem to be the only one that's a big Winston believer, you know, and I don't know if Tampa will bring Winston back or if he's a long-term guy or not, or how bad his off the field situation is, but I think he's a really good player. And I think that combination could put up a lot of fantasy points for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still on board with both of those guys as well, Evans and Winston. And honestly, I don't have any problem with taking Evans even higher than this. Even even still inside the first round. Matt, looking at these names again, and, and I'll run over them one more time, but I want to know which player do you think is most likely, maybe at the end of this season or early in the 2019 offseason, which player is most likely to be a first-rounder? So again, we've got Fournette, McCaffrey, Hunt, Adams, Evans, Melvin Gordon, Julio, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Green, Cooper, Diggs, and Devontae Freeman. Which one of those guys do you see as a first-rounder later in the season and early next offseason? I think Fournette's receiving totals are going to go up. I think McCaffrey's rushing totals are going to go up. And if that's the case, they're both first-rounders. I mean, that's those are the easy ones to me. I mentioned Diggs. I think he might be a first-round dynasty talent, and maybe he replaces... Allen, Thomas, those type of guys a year from now at like the end of the first round. But how about Melvin Gordon? I mean, he's the middle of the second round. He's the same draft class as Todd Gurley. He's going first overall. He's in a great situation. He's catching more passes. He's highly productive. He really is. And and he's a guy that, uh, that seems to be undervalued 
all the time. Every month, right. really year round, um, he does continue to produce. He he was a big part of the passing game last year, which most people didn't expect. Uh, we'll see how that plays out this year. I kind of think Austin Eckler gets more of a chance uh, to to be part of that uh, passing game. But honestly, even if Gordon were to essentially repeat his numbers from last year, I don't think he cracks the first round because I think a lot of people do underrate him uh, or maybe even just see him as a boring dynasty asset. And uh, even though that's kind of silly, that does impact value. I think your digs call is is spot on. I also think Amari Cooper with a bounce back year could go inside that first round as well. Um, So, Matt, again, we're going to look at the top four rounds today. We're through two rounds, so I want to know which is your favorite start to the draft if you're two rounds in. And I'm going to give you each uh, each pairing. And, of course, this would be like the 1.01 and the 212, the 1.02 and 211, and so on. So which one of these would you most uh, like to start your dynasty startup draft with? You've got Gurley and Freeman. That's an option, two running backs. Beckham and Diggs, Odell Beckham. Stefan Diggs, David Johnson, and Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green. It's an interesting pairing there, two, a couple wide receivers. Zeke and Tyree Kill, Barkley, Julio, Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Kamara and Adams, Thomas Hunt, Mike Thomas, Keenan Allen, Christian McCaffrey, or Dalvin Cook, and Leonard Fournette. So, of course, plenty of choices there. Two players per uh, per group. Which one would be your favorite start? Yeah, it's an interesting exercise because a lot of the guys I like happen not to pair with somebody I like. You yeah. know, so um, you know that I'm a big believer, and you know, I'm a running back heavy guy. It seems like in Dynasty, and Cook and Fournette is really attractive to me for sure. Second year guys. Pretty good situations. That would be high on my list. Barkley and Julio seems really hard to pass up to, and that probably would be my pick because I do think Barkley could be the first overall pick a year from now, and Julio's not going away. Atlanta just gave him money. But I mentioned I'm running back centric. Diggs and OBJ looks really safe and pretty in, in alluring to me too. Yeah, of course, we, we see lots of uh, great duos here. I, I agree with you, though. Some of the the players I would uh, most want on my team seem to be paired with guys I'm not quite as high on. Um, I, I really like the Zeke Tyree Hill start. Um, as I said, I'm a big big believer in Hill. Kamara Adams is another uh, another duo that I might go with. I think both of those guys, even though we're we're talking about players that are already valued in the top 24, I think both Kamara and Adams could see their value increase. Uh, during this 2018 season. I can see that. Matt, before we go on to round three, let's take a break for a word from our sponsor. All right, we're back with round three. Let's get to this group of 12 players. We see, um, we see some players that are not just running backs and wide receivers. That's all we've had so far. And that starts us off. We've got Rob Gronkowski at tight end one, the first player drafted in round three. Then Joe Mixon, RB13. He's a guy who's been in the second round for much of the offseason. And now he falls 
down to the third round as the season is set to begin. Travis Kelsey, tied in two, uh, comes off next. Then T.Y. Hilton, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jarvis Landry, Allen Robinson, four wide receivers in a row. Jordan Howard, running back 14 in the middle of the third round. A guy who's just been uh, really forgotten through much of the offseason. People were chasing Tariq Cohen early in the offseason, but Jordan Howard has hung around in that third round, and it's kind of an intriguing option. Looks like he's going to get some of the work on third down now. Uh, Four players left in the third round, Brandon Cooks, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback one. So we see the first tight end, first two tight ends, and the first quarterback in this round. And then it wraps up with a couple of wide receivers, Corey Davis and Adam Thielen. Matt, we've got the top two tight ends being drafted this round. In general, how are you handling the tight end position in a dynasty league, and especially if it's a new dynasty draft? Are you paying up for Gronk or Kelsey, or are you waiting for someone else? I don't love this area of the draft, like those 12 names you just mentioned. I'm not doing jumping jacks over many of them. So in a somewhat by default manner, I might just take Gronk or Kelsey there or maybe even Ertz shortly after this round. I mean, I think he's up for a really big year. But I think, generally speaking, the tight ends I'm after are Ingram, Hunter Henry still, Najoku, the the younger guys. So those guys are still going to cost you um, a, a fairly early draft pick, but maybe waiting at least a couple more rounds before addressing that position. I think that's that's probably where I'm at as well. Um what about quarterback? This is the highest we've seen Aaron Rodgers or, or really any quarterback in quite a while sneaking into the third round. I can't believe he's ahead of Corey Davis. That that really surprised me. Yeah, that does too. And um, I wouldn't consider a quarterback for quite some time. You know, I mean, there's a lot of guys in the next round I would take ahead of any quarterback. There's just too many of them. And we just had five new ones enter the league as first round picks. So I have all the respect in the world for Aaron Rodgers and he's very safe. But I don't even know that he's necessarily my dynasty QB one. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't imagine that that he's going in the third round of many dynasty startups. That that happens occasionally. I'm, I'm confident with with our data and with our sample size. But uh, every so often, you you get something that just looks a little off. That's the case here. I think we had Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, among our top 24 wide receivers last month. We'll see where he ends up. That's another one where uh, the data just doesn't really match up with what we're seeing What we're seeing in our own leagues as much as we love uh, Fitz. He, he doesn't carry that type of value in a dynasty league. Do you have a favorite pick there in round three? Uh, you know you know who I'm going to say. My guy Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah, yeah. wide receiver 14. Uh, that would be my pick. In fact, if we, we talked about the end of the second round with Devontae Freeman going there uh, and, and having some doubts about that pick, I would almost consider grabbing Juju there at the end of the second or, or even at the beginning of the third. And going back to our first round discussion, that's why I think if you sit with an early pick in the first round, you have to go Gurley or, or Zeke or Barkley or Kamara uh, because – then you're going to come back with uh, picks at the end of the second, the beginning of the third. I mean, you could potentially start with something like Gurley, um, let's say Gurley, Hill, Juju, something like that. Gurley, Cooper, Diggs. You're going to get 
the running back and then two two good options at uh at wide receiver. Uh Allen Robinson is another guy that that could be in that range. I, he's he was the middle of this third round, but I wouldn't have any issue with taking him early in the third round either. Yeah, and I really thought I you mentioned Mixon is generally a second round pick. I think he deserves to be I wouldn't have any hesitation taking him 20th overall in that neighborhood. And Hilton's too low for me here, too. Um, I'd gladly take him in that scenario. You know, if I was picking early third round, if I already had a Gurley or a David Johnson, something like that. And I want nothing to do with Jarvis Landry as in the middle of the third round. So Hilton's wide receiver 13, according to this data. Do you think he's too low within his position or just on the overall board? Because next up is, if we go up the line, Stefan Diggs, Amari Cooper, A.J. Green, Tyreek Hill. Are you moving him ahead of any of those guys? Definitely not Diggs, who's right ahead of him, who I just said I really like. Probably not Cooper. I think him and Hill's a conversation, though. I mean, I think Hill's very big play dependent, and he's a little bit too hit or miss for me. So it sounds like you're expecting a big bounce back from Hilton, Andrew Luck, yeah, I mean, I know people yeah. shy away from him because his numbers with Luck were way better than with Brissett, but Brissett's pretty good, and the offensive line's better. I mean, I'm talking about if Luck were out. And just two years ago, Hilton led the league in receiving. I mean, that's not that long ago, and he's clearly the only show in town. Baldwin and him are sort of similar that way, except Baldwin's fighting an injury right now. Matt, let's finish up with the fourth round here. Uh, we see another tight end being drafted. Tight end three is Zach Ertz. And then we see some rookies starting to come off the board. Of course, we already had Saquon Barkley in the first round, but then no rookies in round two or round three. Royce Freeman at RB15 is second off the uh, off the board in the fourth round. Doug Baldwin, you just mentioned, coming next. Darius Geis, an interesting one. We'll talk about him. He's fourth. Marvin Jones, Sammy Watkins, Evan Ingram, Sony Michelle, Josh Gordon, Derrick Henry, Kenyon Drake, and one more rookie to wrap up the fourth round, Carrion Johnson. So let's let's start this off with these rookie running backs because we know we've talked a ton about rookies in general. Uh, I think we I think we're in agreement that we both liked liked guys as that second option uh, prior to the injury. At this point, are you taking a guy like Freeman over him? No. Uh, so I think Freeman's way too high here. Yeah, so you still prefer Geis, even with the injury? I prefer Michelle, him. too. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think he's a special talent at all. And I know he was just just named the starter in Denver, but and everyone thinks he's this year's Kareem Hunt. But that doesn't – just because Kareem Hunt did it last year doesn't mean there's always going to be a guy like that. He's all right, but I think he's much more of an RB2 for his career. Yeah, I actually kind of feel like several of these running backs in this round, not just the rookies, but um, even Derrick Henry, Kenyon Drake, that's what happens when when players, you know, when when players start getting drafted early at one position. When we see those early position runs, it gets to the fourth round. You went wide receiver, wide receiver early, and now you've got to you feel like you have to grab a running back. Uh, That's how leagues really play out and drafts really play out. And and that's what it, it it results in these reaches. We saw it at running. I'm sorry. We saw it at wide receiver two and three and four years ago when that was the position uh, that everyone was chasing. You had some terrible wide receiver picks in the fourth and fifth round for those teams that 
that maybe started with a, a running back or a tight end or something like that. They felt like they had to reach, and it's not pretty. No, it's not pretty, especially at running back. I mean, I, I know that this is a redraft conversation I'm about to bring up, but I just had my draft. I do one redraft league over the over the weekend. I had the seventh pick, and you start two running backs and a flex, and I went running back, running back, running back. And when I looked at the draft board at the end, I looked at like four or five teams that are going to be starting really bad running backs. I mean, just reaches in the fifth, sixth round that had no business being drafted that high that when people start to grab a few of them, it can really affect the league. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love to be the one forcing those bad Yeah, picks. exactly. You, you hate to be the guy uh, on, on the wrong end there. So who would you say is your least favorite pick? It sounds like it might be Freeman at that second spot in the fourth round. Yeah, he certainly won. And I can't invest that much in Josh Gordon either. I mean, he hasn't been good since 2013. Right. I, I honestly don't like many of these picks. We talk about dead spots. This feels like a dead spot to me. I like Ertz and Baldwin. I like I actually like Darius Geis. I think he might yeah. be my favorite my favorite running back drafted in this round. And then to me if if I'm sitting here in the fourth round and, and looking at these options, uh I'm I'm taking Ingram a hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like middle of this round to get Evan Ingram who's in his second year. I mean, he's a really talented player. Yep, I agree. All right, so let's look. Uh, let's look at the final roster of these four rounds. We're, we're through four rounds of a draft, and I'm not going to name them all here, but uh, you can you can take a look at them, Matt, and tell me about which is your favorite group of four here. And and I know early you talked about Barkley and Julio. I'll I'll point out that one. That one. That team would start Barkley, Julio, Jarvis Landry, and Evan Ingram. So three players I know you really like, but Landry's Landry there. kills it for me. I can't <laughs> take it. Right. Uh, the one one of the ones I mentioned was Kamara and Adams. After we took a look in the second round, that team ended up Kamara, Adams, Cooks, and Geis. I would be that's nice. I'd be pretty happy with that one. You talked about the young running backs. That ends up looking like Dalvin Cook. Leonard Fournette, Thielen, and Ertz. I could live with that. Okay. Uh, and one more that I mentioned was uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Tyreek Hill. That team follows up with Juju Smith-Schuster and Sony Michelle. And I think that will probably be my choice. Zeke, Hill, Juju, and Sony. Uh, I, I would love that start in a real startup draft. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I know your love for Juju. I still like Sony a lot. Um, I think that now's the time to jump on Michelle. The team I will pick, though, is, again, it kind of goes against my running back theme, but I'm a bigger Drake believer than you. I think I'm really very much on board with Mixon. And if I can get those two in the third and fourth round to go with Diggs and Beckham, that's a pretty good foursome for me. Young, you know, I, I like that group. Yeah, so again, that that's an example that we were talking about. You go wide receiver, wide receiver in the first couple of rounds, then you have to chase running backs. In this case, it's Mixon and Drake. And if it's running backs you already believe in, then that makes things a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Generally, that wouldn't be my strategy to go wide receiver, wide receiver, but this team happened to luck into two running backs I liked. So looking again at those players in the fourth round, I think I, I think I know your answer to this one already, Matt. Which player do you see just falling off the map value-wise? Maybe could fall 
a handful of rounds by this time next year. Uh, Gordon, for sure. Um, I mean, he could go up to round two if he goes 1,500 yards again. I just think there's so much risk that, and you know, not the best team to be on. But how about if, if Sammy Watkins doesn't have a big year, will the dynasty community finally sour on him? Well, I think they have a little bit already. A little, uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he was still in that second round range last year and, and now still carrying plenty of value, but as a fourth rounder. I could definitely see him falling, uh, falling a couple rounds more. I think my pick would probably be Marvin Jones, wide receiver 21 uh, here. He's actually going, uh, going ahead of Sammy Watkins and – We've heard a lot this offseason about Kenny Galladay and how he's going to take away some of the opportunity for Jones and Tate there. So if we see a Galladay breakout, uh, Jones is another year older. I think he's probably maybe in in that range with Baldwin as, as the older players in this group. So, of course, that has a lot to do with it. Uh, I'd say Marvin Jones could, could see a tumble, could be in for a tumble over the next couple of years. Or, I'm sorry, over, over the next few months, I should say. A real good one. Uh, I'm a big Galladay believer, buying him every chance I still get, although that train's starting to leave the station. Matt, let's wrap up with this, and, and let's go the other direction. Looking at these 12 players, if you have to choose one of these 12 to say they're going to be a first-rounder in 2019 ADP, who would that be? Michelle. Yeah, it's tough here because typically... Right, that's a stretch. You, you think about those... Those wide receivers making the big jump, um, and, and the wide receivers again in this in this group: Doug Baldwin, Marvin Jones. Neither one of those are going to move up to the first round ever again. Sammy Watkins, if he proves to be the the real wide receiver one there, and and totally overtakes Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey as the top target, then maybe he could. He's still young. Uh, I think I would probably say Sony Michelle as as well. That's that's uh that's a dead spot. I don't it is. like that don't like that fourth round at all. I mean maybe guys, I mean uh, Peterson retires, people start to say okay, he's healthy, all reports are good, he's in mini camp and everyone's excited about him again. Maybe or another stretch, but I could envision it is what if Engram ends up as a top 2 or 3 tight end this year and really is dynamic in doing so, maybe he goes 12th overall in a draft. What would have to happen for Ingram to do that is he has to have that huge season, but then I think Gronk and Kelsey both have to really fall off right. for that to happen. You know, we we would have to see a big gap between Ingram and everybody else, and and, and Gronk and Kelsey are both twenty nine, so that that's a story you can tell yourself. I don't know if if I was thinking more online if they all were about equal in production, Ingram would then set himself apart as TE one. Just based on age, I think that's possible, and yeah, you could. I mean, I think it's really possible that this time next year Ingram is tight in one. I I would probably project that actually, um, but to see him go in the first round, that would be surprising. Yeah, uh, the other the other name you mentioned was Geis. I do expect him to gain value uh, over the next twelve months, let's say, or even even by early next off season. I think February March, as long as. Reports are positive. We'll see him back in the third round, maybe even the second round. I don't think he could do enough before next season 
to jump into that first round range, but no, probably not. You, you never know. That that just kind of goes to goes to show you what what this fourth round group looks like. That's probably a spot you want to trade up or trade down, as we've talked about in in some other recent episodes. I don't think it's going to happen. But what if Dion Lewis gets hurt or looks old? Henry clearly becomes the man there and looks like the Heisman Trophy winner. No. <laughs> I, I can't buy that one, and, and we'll, have to, we'll have to end on that note. Matt, the next time we talk, we will have real NFL football games to talk about. I can't wait. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blue Fans.